Welcome again to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard. I think it's for the first time we've got a guest who's actually been on the show previously. It is David Wells. David actually joined us about 18 months ago because he'd compiled the excellent set Love, Poetry and Revolution. And the first track that you heard was Pentangle and Let No Man Steal Your Time. And the reason we've played that is actually because there's a new CD anthology on the grapefruit label called dust on the nettles which is a journey through the british underground folk scene from 1967 to 72 david welcome to the show yeah thank you jason it's nice uh, thanks for inviting me it's, it's always a pleasure and it's a fabulous set it really is probably the, the definitive picture of that scene and, and you've been quite clever in mixing some of the the, the most well-known artist from that scene as well as some of the rarer tracks and the Pintangle being probably the biggest? Yes, we've got a few name bands there. I was trying to provide a, a complete overview of the era rather than just concentrating on the, on the really obscure or the really popular, just trying to get them all together under one roof. Um, so yes, we've got Pentangle, but there's also Fairport Convention, Steel Ice Band, Incredible String Band. Uh, but against that, we've got uh, we've got bands who maybe only recorded one track in their lifetime, or or maybe didn't actually release anything at the time, and just made one or two acetates of things which deserve a wider audience. So so it's kind of like uh, trying to get both ends of the spectrum onto the same same box set, really. Yeah, and it's interesting this scene, and there's been various badges um, like Acid Folk that's been. Uh, assigned to it it's a strange one really because especially that sort of acoustic folk sound seems to be more crunt than ever i mean there's a film out a remake of far from the madding crowd and a reinterpretation of let no man steal your time is one of the big songs from it that's right yes i think at the time um, when when far from the madding crowd was uh, the, the film from the 60s i think isla cameron was the um the advisor at that point who was um who signed to transatlantic records at the time uh, and was also an actress, so so there's that kind of thing whereby a lot of those um, those mid 60s, late 60s folk things are, are kind of back in vogue. Obviously, there's still um, a big attraction in, in terms of films like The Wicker Man, which is much bigger now than it was at the time, obviously. And uh, the original 60s was Isla Cameron, and now I think it's Kerry Mulligan who's actually taken the lead vocal on it. No man's through your time. I've actually seen the new film, but I've been told it's incredibly similar to the Pentangle version. So it still kind of infiltrates the scene, and there's lots of new young bands and singers who uh, who've, uh, you know, uh, who are around these days who are very keen on, on that late 60s, 80s, 70s sound. And, of course, we've got Bill Fay uh, at some mm. point later on, I think, and um, he's another one who is, he's probably got more of an audience now than he had at the time. It is. Fantastic. And uh, now from the more notable or, or popular, we get to something uh, a little bit more rare, an act, certainly on this single, known as White, and a song called Come All You Travellers. And I think that was only released in France? That's right. They were a band from the Isle of Wight. They were called Fauxhammer, but um, the people who um, who ran the French label festival uh, wanted to tie the band into the growing popularity of uh, the Isle of Wight festival. And so they, they said, well, we'll release your, a couple of singles, but you'll have to adopt the name White. Um, they did that fairly reluctantly, I think, and then after that, they changed their name again to Shide and Acorn, which is now over the Isle of Wight, and uh, they made an extremely rare album under that name. Uh, but th- yes, Come All You Travellers was uh, only released in France at the time, and um, 
I think this is the first time it's been properly anthologised. Travelers, your road is long and many miles you have passed and gone. Close your eyes and sing, it's the only thing you can hear if you White Come All You Travellers, also a group known as Fohammer and Shied and Acorn from 1970. Next, we um, listen to Sin Anesthesia, Peak Strangely and Worried Evening. David, that's a, a lovely track. Yes, the album is split between the two main members writing songs, and uh, this one in particular, Peak Strangely and Worried Evening, is, is kind of quite an eerie sound. Uh, very influenced by an incredible string band, but of course a lot of bands are, and uh, even on the, the new box set, there's quite a few which almost sound like incredible string band outtakes, to be honest. Lighting the 
Synanesthesia, peak strange late avoid evening there, released on RCA Victor from 1969. Next we have Mary Ann and Black Girl, released on the Joy imprint of the present label from 1970. There was um, a version of this song that was originally made famous by Lead Belly, done by the Four Pennies early on in the 60s. I'm not quite sure where the influence, where that came from. No, I think it's uh, it's always when these things uh, become popular again, or obviously popular in inverted commas, um, it's difficult to tell who did the the first cover, as it were. But the Four Pennies certainly released it as a single in about mid '64, '65. I think they had a minor hit with it. Marianne covered it in 1970 for for this album on Joy. I guess the song itself now is mainly famous because of Nirvana covering it um, about 25 years ago. This version has got um, flute player Jeff Lee, who went on to Henry Cow, and um, it's it's quite a quite an extraordinary version, very intense. It almost sounds like an original because she puts her stamp on it so much. And apparently, that the album sold next to nothing, and then she returned to her native Edinburgh. This was her only album, definitely the pick out track.
Black Girl from 1970. Next we have Milton Constable, River Lane, but this song being a demo, I understand this is the first official release of that track? Yes, it has been bootlegged in the past. Somebody managed to get hold of a tape of it, put it out themselves, uh, tracked down the band about a year or so ago and uh, spoke to all the various, well, the various three members. They were completely unaware it had ever come out. It was just a demo done in a local studio they were a Cambridge band and never actually got to releasing anything but this is a really powerful song uh, it's an original uh, band composition again 1972 and this is its first real well actually first official issue of it I'm a lonely lonely boy a long long whistling home when the day gets me down I forget about the frown I just take myself down to Riverlane Well I ain't no good looking boy Ain't got no curly hair No I ain't got no niceness Not anyway When I take myself down to Dog and my gun, oh, I feel so young. When I take myself down to River Lane, oh, down in River Lane, well, I always feel the same. There's no one there to blame. Down in River Lane, 
have Moonkite and Way Out Hermit from 1971. That's a little bit more on the psychedelic end of the spectrum. Especially. Yeah, that's definitely true. We, we spoke earlier about um, Love, Poetry and Revolution, the, the box that I did you know, a couple of years ago, which was a similar thing based on, on psychedelia. And to be honest, this could easily have fitted onto there just as well. There is a, a big crossover between the folk and psychedelic elements at that time and nowhere more apparent than on this track. I've read that John Peel penned the liner notes of the, the album that it featured on. Yes, that's right. John Peel, um, obviously the BBC weren't paying him enough, and he did seem to do an awful lot of sleeve notes at that uh, that point for all kinds of obscure bands. I think the label that Moonkite were on was owned by Emperor Roscoe, who of course was a colleague of Peel's on, on Radio 1 at the time. So that might be something to do with it. Also, the band came from Bradford, which is where John Peel's wife came from as well. So there might be some kind of connection there. Oh 
Okay, Way Out Hermit from 1971. Next we have Warm Gold Searching for Lambs. That's an old English folk song, but sung by, I understand, Cornish farmers from an album of, of tracks related to the area that they lived in in Cornwall. That's right. The album itself is mainly almost like a, a musical brochure for the area, concentrating on local acts and, and local sights and sounds. That's one of the great attractions of doing the uh, the box set, Dust on the Nettles, for me. The chance to, to find this kind of thing and bring it to a wider audience. And yeah, it, it did only come out, like I say, on a local um, local album. Uh, there's also an EP that the band put out themselves called A Taste of Cornwall, where they did four tracks, and this was also included on that. Strangely, it's a really good track, I think really strong vocals, but they were just uh, a couple of farmers in, in the Cornish town. It does make you wonder... <laughs> If, if things like this are caught on or, or being uh, more popular, just what else these people would have been capable of doing, really. It's just a shame that there's only like a few tracks from most of these bands that have survived. Absolutely. I think this is potentially the tip of the iceberg about what could have yeah. come out from the scene. 
That's true. It, it is just like, it's almost like the soft white underbelly of a scene. It's not the entire thing, but when you've only got three CDs to play with, people say, oh, well, where are you know different acts, whatever, um, the Straubs, people like that. There just wasn't room to include everything. And uh, I did want to get some of the more obscure acts like Warm Gold on there as well as people like Fairport Convention and Steel Eye Span. Excellent. Well, let's listen to Warm Gold Searching for Lambs. Warm Gold, Searching for Lambs from 1972. Now we have Frozen Tear and You Know What Has to Be. And I think that was classed as a B-side, but should have been an A-side. Yeah, apparently they printed the labels the wrong way around. 1969, and I mentioned earlier about the uh, the psychedelic compilation I put together, Love Poetry and Revolution. And if I'd been able to contact the band in time, that would have been on, on that, really. Uh, it is obviously a strong folk element as well, but the use of the sitar does make it really a late 60s psychedelic song, in my opinion. But uh, such a good track. Only 99 copies of the single pressed. Again, it's never appeared anywhere, either officially or unofficially, I think, since then. Uh, but I managed to speak to the main guy in the band, and uh, we, we licensed it for this album. It is a, a wonderful song. Absolutely. I guess for for virtually all of the listeners today, it'll be the first time that they get to hear this track. Frozen Tear, you know what has to be.
You know what has to be. Next, we have Moffs, Hafton's daughter. That was recorded and had uh, only a few copies w- were made, and it wasn't sort of widely re- released until about 20 years ago. That's right, yes. Um, depending on who you speak to in the band, there are either a dozen copies pressed or two dozen copies, but uh, whatever the, the correct number is, it's a very small amount. Uh, the album did come out, but because somebody had bootlegged it as Heron's Daughter, it was known as that. The song's actually called Half Dan's Daughter, as you, as you can tell if you actually listen to the lyrics. Um, so, so we've gone back to, to what it should have been called with the band's permission. One of the things I noted was that this was uh, released, if you want to say that word, or certainly pressed on the D-Roy, I don't know if you call it label, but it's the tape-to-disc service. And Yeah, 
I mean, if you call it a label, it's a bit misleading because mm. people think of labels as, as you know, you, you pay money to the band to release something, you market it, etc., etc. All Dior did was offer a pressing service to bands. They would um, send the tapes to the uh, to Dior, and then Dior would press it up as a, a like, almost like a test pressing, and then they would charge the band for services rendered. So it's not a label as such; it's more of a pressing service. That's something that came to light just in the past week or so. Cause I, I did an interview with a band member from uh, a, a group from uh, around this this period called Pig Rider. Oh right, yes, I know Heterophonics. Yeah, yeah and uh, they used D-Roy uh, quite well prolifically, or certainly on a number of times. In, in well, the D-Roy sense. used to advertise um, nationally. I think Melody Maker and maybe Beat Instrumental as well. And there are only three or four companies up and down the country who are advertising who are doing that. There was um, uh, SRT down near Cambridge, Luton Way. There was a company in Bracknell called County Recording Services. And there were two others, but, but D-Roy, there's an awful lot of stuff on D-Roy. A lot of it is church choirs and school recordings, but uh, obviously there are sort of progressive and psychedelic and folk acts as well. And those things do tend to go for good money these days. Excellent. Let's play Moffs and Half Dan's Daughter. Still wears your ring 
and half Dan's daughter from 1970. You mentioned him earlier, David. We've got Bill Fay and Garden Song. I'm sure quite a lot of the, the listeners today will be familiar with, with Bill and especially Garden Song, which is just a, a wonderful song from, I think, the, one of the two early albums that he did. It, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, did appear on his first album, but that did have very strong arrangements. But this mm. is the original demo with just a, a small kind of uh, pop or rock group behind him. And I think his songs suit that much better than having the kind of the, the 28 orchestra piece um, arrangements to it. They tend to smother his songs at times, and uh, this is kind of like a stripped down version, almost like unplugged before there was unplugged. He's back and, and recording again and uh, more well-known than ever. It's incredible to me. Um, I first dealt with Bill about 15 years ago and we put together an album from the bottom of Grandfather Clock, which was basically outtakes from the late 60s, early 70s. And at that time, um, there was almost no audience. And now, as I think I mentioned in the sleeve notes, I was watching um, The Walking Dead last year, the, the zombie apocalypse TV series. And uh, they played out with Be Not So Fearful, one of the songs on Bill's first album. It's, it's staggering how somebody can kind of infiltrate the mainstream at such a late date. We are talking like 45 years after he recorded two albums and then was kind of forgotten about. It's absolutely staggering that he's um, the level of fame really that he's now, he's now achieved so late in his career. I'm planting myself in the garden Believe me Between the potatoes and parsley Believe me And I'll wait for the rain to anoint me I'm looking for lasting relations With a green fly, spider or maggot Telling me, telling me, 
demo of Bill Fay's Garden Song, recorded 1969. Now we have COB, Music of the Ages. You mentioned the incredible string band earlier, David, and now we have one of their founding members, Clive Palmer. Clive Palmer was on the first Incredible String Band album. He was one of the co-founders initially, but he went abroad and came back in 67-68, by which time Mike Heron and Robin Williamson had taken up the Incredible String Band moniker again and, and gone on to, to fame. There's another track of his on this album as a solo act, Stories of Jesus, but then he, he went moved down to Cornwall, formed one or two bands that eventually resulted in COB, who did two albums, one for CBS and one for Polydor. And this is Music of the Ages, which, again, is absolutely beautiful. Um, it, it's such a privilege to be able to use this kind of material and, and, and put it together on a compilation like this. Slowly 
silence of the ages gone But time entwines my very soul A tangled briar kills the tree I cannot hear the music of the ages The silence of a million tongues COB, Music of the Ages, band featuring Clive Palmer. Now we have Everyone Involved, a song for the system. Yeah, I mean, that's another fantastic track and uh, from a label that I'm also not familiar with. It came out on Arcturus, which I think is pretty much the band's own label. One of them, Michael Klein, did go on to an early 90s folk-based label called Run River, which had a bit of success, I think, but... Uh, this was very early on, and um, only a thousand copies of the album are pressed, and they were all given away. It's actually got on the on the label. Don't pay for this record; it is free. So yeah, it was an album about ecological matters, uh, about freedom of the individual, and yeah, this is uh, what I think is the strongest track on it—a song for the system. A one, two, three, four. <laughs>
Everyone Involved, a song for the system from 1972. Now from the same year we have Music Box, The Happy King. They featured a very renowned guitar maker, Rob Armstrong. That's right, he made guitars for the likes of George Harrison and Bert Jansch. But he's also um, a songwriter as well. He's based in Coventry. He, he formed this group with a couple of friends. I think he said that only 300 copies of the album were made. This has since been bootlegged the entire album. But again, this is the first time that it's actually appeared with the writer and performer's permission. Uh, and this is The Happy King, which is now a bit about um, how life is over so quickly. And uh, it's definitely the standout track on the, uh, the Music Box album, Songs of Sunshine.
King. Next we have an artist or band that's featured heavily on The Strange Brew in the past. It's uh, Tony Durant's uh, Fuchsia and Me and My Kite. That was actually written by an ex-band mate of Tony's, Bob Chudleaf. They were in a band together called Louise. I mean, it's just a gorgeous track. It's a beautiful album. I think this is the standout track, which is a bit unfortunate because it's the only one not written by Tony Durant. Mm. He was kind enough to uh, to let us use that, even though it wasn't his song, and uh, he's still in touch with the writer, Bob Chudley. Uh, yeah, as you say, they, they'd previously been in a, a kind of London underground psychedelic band called, called Louise, and uh, then Tony formed Fuchsia when he was at uh, the University of Exeter. And uh, like I said, this is a lovely track. Um, I did think initially that it has quite a lush sound, and most of the CD that's coming out has a kind of more kind of I don't know a more metaphysical earthy feel. So I was a bit concerned about using it, but it's such a good track that um, I managed to shoehorn it in. <laughs> <laughs> the house where it's cold Me and my kite We're alright Don't worry We're very busy Me and my kite Alright Don't worry We're really very, very busy
new show, Me and My Kite, from 1971. Now we go to Focal Point, and not the uh, the, the Apple-related band that I've uh, featured on the Strange Boo in the past. Different spelling of Focal, their version of Scarborough Fair. It's interesting that I read that these were just Bristol school kids, David. They were all 16 years old, um, still at school. In some ways, the album... There aren't any original songs on there. It is mainly traditional folk songs, which when you listen to hundreds of folk albums, you do tend to sit through the same song again and again. So in that sense, I was a bit concerned about using Scarborough Fair, but the singer, uh, Cherie, such a beautiful voice that uh, it sounds completely fresh, even though it's such a a much-covered song.
Focal Point, Scarborough Fair from 1972. Now we have the last track on the show today, David, and I think it also closes the, the box set, so it's uh, very fitting. Mother Nature, Orange Days and Purple Nights. And it's got a little bit of, I think it was released, was it at least 71 or 72? It was released in October 71, but the song had been demoed by the band three years earlier, and it's really about uh, the hippie lifestyle, about flying pastel-coloured kites, the flowers in your hair, scent the evening air. They had Mickey Most interested for a while. Um, He eventually passed on it, and it took them a long while to get a deal. By the time this this came out, it was almost like like an epitaph for the uh, for the entire sort of underground era uh, and that's why I used it to close the uh, the box set but also because again a great song that deserves wider recognition it's never been used before again it's just an obscure 1971 single so uh, again it's nice to include something that that's obscure and bring it to people's attention yeah it's got a sort of real sort of folk rock but commercial feel in fact I was doing a bit of research before we spoke and um, some CDs going around with the band's earlier work as well that I purchased. Yeah, they did a, a kind of a thing for friends and family type thing about 10, 12 years ago. But um, they were hoping to do a two CD set, so they kept stuff over for a second CD. So my own label, Wooden Hill, is putting out a full compilation of their material in about another month's time. Wow. Um, so, yeah, the full story of, of what happened to them, the bands they supported, and just how they met Mickey Most, and uh, how the bassist then uh, went on to be in a band with a uh, guy who then subsequently formed Dire Straits, Mark Norther. So they do have an interesting history. But at the time, they only got as far as two singles, and uh, this is the first of them. Fantastic. So um, before we go into Mother Nature, Orange Days and Purple Nights, and I certainly will look out for the uh, the Wooden Hill release, of course, um, uh, shortly. If you do like the material today, which I'm, I'm sure you will, do grab yourself a copy of the free CD anthology, Dust on the Nettles, out on Grapefruit. And uh, we've just been hearing it is a fantastic journey through the British underground folk scene of 1967 to 72. And I think by the time this is out, it should be released as well. David, thank you very much for being my guest today. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. That, that's very kind. It was um, a real pleasure to put it together. Almost self-indulgent, really, the chance to put together three CDs of music from that time. So, yeah, hopefully um, hopefully it will sell well and we'll, uh, we'll get to do a volume two. <laughs> Certainly love to hear that. Okay. Mother Nature, Orange Days and Purple Nights. See you later. Bye. Evening. Mm-hmm. 